You ate figs, you well, say? No, like fig bars or something. Oh, I learned a fun fact about figs. Why? In, in, what? In my Googling endeavors. I'm not even shitting you. I literally just learned this today. I told you I Google way too much. But I learned, and I don't know if this is true, because this is on one of those like, BuzzFeed's 10 Things You Didn't Know About Your Life. Yeah, so it's definitely not researched. (laughs) (laughs) But it said that in every fig, there's a dead wasp. God damn! Get the fuck out of here. And what happens is the wasp goes into the fig fucking flower or whatever it is before it becomes a fig and it pollinates it and then it dies in there and then the fig grows around it or it starts fucking growing with a wasp inside i don't know the logistics because it was like a one sentence fact Mm -hmm. but then the enzymes and like the fig fruit Mm -hmm. break down the wasp so in order for there to be a fig there has to be a wasp so you it's like a dead wasp oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a, a transformed wasp into a fig yeah. It's so not it's not like, like you're going to cut in there and find a wasp. Yeah. And you have to like, like get the, the wasp out. Of it. It's not like tequila with a worm. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's way less scary. <laughs> but you really had a wasp bar. Oh, I'll say that now. I'll you had that. a wasp Newton. <laughs> Ooh. And it's uh, the ones from Costco. So they're like real. Oh. They're like bigger and bulkier. <laughs> they would be from Costco. Yeah, no shit. This is a fucking fig cake. <laughs> It's a wasp cake, goddammit. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to I Said Goddamn. I Said Goddamn. I'm Stacy. I'm Erin. Oh. <laughs> um, aren't I? Oh, did I say it wrong? <laughs> I feel like you said it in a way that was like, <laughs> want to be my friend? I'm Erin. <laughs> Hi, I'm Erin. <laughs> Will you please be my friend? <laughs> I seriously considered. I was like, did I say the wrong name? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you got the name right. <laughs> well, this is episode 19 of I Say Goddamn. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> Tuck your coffee. Goddamn, that's some good coffee. I'm so jealous. I want coffee too. Is there a reason that you can't have coffee? Let's just lead on into that. That's my goddamn for this week. What? She's so excited because she already knows it. Yeah, I do. But to all of our listeners out there, I'm fucking knocked up again. (laughs) This bitch is knocked up. (laughs) That's Stacy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stacy is pregnant again. Baby number two on the way. Baby number two on the way. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, me too. So I decided to pull the trigger, have a second baby. I don't know what I've done, but I'm doing it. (laughs) I don't know what you've done either. (laughs) What have you done to us? (laughs) You've destroyed this friendship that existed solely on coffee and booze. (laughs) I know. That's so true. I cannot wait to have coffee and booze again. But I'm like, I'm due in July sometime. So I'm like halfway there. I'm a little less than halfway there, but I can do this. Yeah. I've done it before. You'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. I really want beer. (laughs) But everybody. I'll drink one for you tonight. (laughs) Thank you. Everybody, I need some like fucking high fives because I've been recording this podcast without any kind of caffeine or anything late at night on Fridays. That's true. And I'm pregnant and sleepy and grumpy and grouchy and I've been perking my ass up for you people. Mostly. Because I'll. Because they love you. <laughs> That's true. You have. You've been a trooper and you've come all the way to my house every, every time, time and then almost died every time going home. Yeah. Oh, can we just like shout out Jackie Lee for knowing that I was pregnant when I did that episode where I said my goddamn was that I like almost fucking died on the side of the freeway. Yep. Because I almost <laughs> fainted or whatever. And then she was like, the only time that ever happened to me, I was pregnant. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so fucking interesting. <laughs> How ironic. Yeah. I, I knew I was pregnant then. <laughs> when you had food poisoning, that yeah. one time that was your goddamn, you had food poisoning and you were all sick and stuff. Alexis was at my work and I was talking about like you and I was like, oh, uh-huh. she's pregnant. And she's like, oh, was that why she was sick? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> That's what everybody has said. They were like, oh, was that just morning sickness? And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was intense morning sickness. <laughs> no, that was fucking food poisoning. That shit sucked. <laughs> But I did have a lot of morning sickness at the beginning of this pregnancy, and it fucking sucked. I highly recommend Preggy Pops. Thanks, Katie. Preggy Pops? Yeah. 
My oh. boss actually told me about them and she bought me a pack. And they're oh. like little cough drops, but for nausea. <laughs> Interesting. Hell yeah, those bitches are amazing. Nice. I never had morning sickness with my kid. I didn't either with my first, but this baby always fucking me up. Oh. I don't think I knew that you had morning sickness. Um, well. I feel like I need to know everything about you. I'll start telling you. Why didn't you text me when you felt <laughs> nauseous in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I had fucking morning sickness. It sucked. I don't have it now. Now I'm just sleepy all the time. Actually, I'm in my second trimester, so then I'm, like, way more awake than I ever have been, and I feel pretty good. Really? Yeah. So you're perking back up? That's I'm perking good. back up. Only it's at that stage now where, like, if I bend over, I'm like, there's a body between me and my body. It's fucking weird. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was the... Ooh. That was weird. Yeah. According to my app, it's the size of an avocado right now. Oh, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just starting to show to where you look like, all right, that bitch is, she's not just getting fat. She's getting yeah. pregnant. <laughs> that bitch swallowed a volleyball or something. Yeah, someone said I look like a snake that swallowed a, a rat or something. Wow, or a that's ball. very nice. <laughs> Thanks, dick. <laughs> My favorite is that I get almost daily. You look exceptionally pregnant. <laughs> oh, God. Ew. <laughs> um, here's uh, some advice for everyone that wants to comment on what a pregnant lady looks like. Don't. It's <laughs> the best advice I can give you. Luckily, it doesn't like, it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't offend me. It yeah. depends on who says it. Like one time when I was pregnant with my first kid, some lady was like, oh, you know, I could tell you're pregnant because you used to have such nice skin. Ew. I'm like, oh, you're an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) One time, I think I was pregnant or just after I was pregnant. I don't know when it was, but someone told me that I looked healthy and I was like, oh, fuck you. (laughs) You just (laughs) called me fat in the most polite way. (laughs) You look hearty. Yeah. (laughs) You look really healthy. Oh, thank you, dick. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so give me your goddamn Aaron. Well, my goddamn, I kind of already told you about, but... It's that I had to walk around a goddamn trade show for fucking 17 hours today. And I am exhausted. Do people like trade shows? When I'm there, I don't mind it. And the idea of going, I hate. No, I was going to say I don't mind, but I hate the (laughs) idea of going. Uh When I'm there, I'm like, all right, cool. This stuff's pretty neat. Uh-huh. But then as soon as someone talks to me, which is like, you know, the point of it. Yeah, to sell you shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, stop. Like, you're just trying to sell me stuff, which I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why, why I'm I there. came here, because I need to buy some shit. But I think I hate salespeople. Yeah, like, I do too. You're just too perky and, like, in my face. And you're like, isn't that great? And, like, touch this t-shirt and touch that thing. Look at this apparel. This is our new line of vintage clothes. And I'm like, this looks like the shit that's, like, my band t-shirts that have been sitting on the, on the hangers yeah. forever. And they have, like, hanger fade marks yeah and you're that's like, that's, that's like the new thing in one of these lines of fucking whatever apparel or some shit somebody's gonna love it yeah and it's really <laughs> soft and every time i'm just like oh it's really soft <laughs> cool oh man yeah i've only been to a couple but every time it's like i've never really wanted to go mm-hmm. they're always work related mm-hmm. and then you get a lot of free shit that at the time you're like this is so cool and by the time you reach your car you're like can I just throw this away? Yeah. Why do I have 17 pens? I don't want to find a home for this shit. Yeah. I took the guy that I work with and he, the whole time, was just like, I'm going to get as many pens as I can. And so he got like fucking 47 pens. And oh, he like, do you want a pen? No, I don't want a fucking pen. Get him out of here. Yeah. I hate those pens. First of all, I hate free pens. I want the nice pens. Yeah. The I'm, slippery, slidey, glidey one. Yeah. Ooh, I'm all about them slippery, slidey, glidey pens. <laughs> I get gel pens. I love me some gel pens. That shit writes so nice. Uh-huh. And, I hear you. And he just he's going to litter our office with these fucking shitty pens. <laughs> but I got a lot of free shirts. Oh, that's nice. Those are jammies. Yeah. PJs. PJs. And some of them are actually kind of like soft and stuff because they're like, this is our new line. But they're stupid shirts like Cali Republic. And I'm like, ugh. I hate it, but I'll wear it. Don't ever call it Cali. <laughs> I was reading a book the other day, and they were like, blah, 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 blah. So uh, when did you move to Cali? And I was like, Bleh. I hated that. When people would say, because when I lived in Arizona for a little bit, and I came from California, people would be like, you're from Cali? And I'm like, no. No, I'm from California. Stop that. Go away. I hate it. I don't know Just why. Just like, go away. Just like, totally gag me with a spoon. Like, radical. So tubular. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that I have every other idiosyncrasy or whatever from California, but I hate the Cali thing. I know. I just can't. I know. And some of those hats that have like the flowers on them, they're black hats with flowers on them. I don't wear hats. 
But every time I see this hat, I'm like, I want it. But it says Cali. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't? Oh, have you ever been to a swap meet? (laughs) They're all at the swap meet. I haven't been to a swap meet in a very long time. Well, Stacey, are you prepared for my story? I'm so ready. Friday nights are my favorite because I get to hear about murder from my best friend. (gasps) Mine too. Because I get to see your face. I know. It's always so fun. It is so fun. Okay. Okay. Now I will tell you about my murder case. Okay, I will listen about your murder case. It's actually mostly about a serial killer. Bum, 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 bum. By the name of Gerard Schaefer. Alrighty, Gerard. Gerard. So, he was born in 1946 in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the mm-hmm. cheesy state. Yeah. He was the oldest of three kids. Okay. When he was like 14 years old, his whole family, they moved to Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Okay. So his family life, he he didn't get along well with his dad, like, at all. Like all serial killers? Yeah, right? (laughs) And you have daddy issues. (laughs) The dad was a verbally abusive alcoholic. That's never good. Yeah, which I thought was interesting that they noted he was verbally abusive, not all kinds of abusive. It didn't, wasn't just like he was abusive. It yeah, was he wasn't hitting him. He was just like fucking yelling at yeah, him and like, shit. Yeah, you're a piece of trash. Yeah. The dad also cheated on his mom and was gone on business trips and shit a lot. So he didn't have like his dad's attention or anything. Wow, he seems like a keeper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess Gerard knew it was like known in the family that the dad preferred the sister over him. And so it's like. Oh, that's fucked up. Like he had an obvious favorite. Yeah. And it yeah. was well known. Why do people do that? Right? Like, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. What Even you, if you have a favorite, keep that shit under wraps. Yeah. Like, I know I'm the favorite. Obviously, I'm the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but. Just don't say it. The other one doesn't need to know. <laughs> the other one. Maybe that's how they knew. Because <laughs> you call me the favorite and him the other one. The other one. But that made Gerard want to be a girl. Oh, okay. Because he was like, well, he likes my sister, so. I want to be want, a lady. Yeah, I want daddy's attention. I want to be a girl. Okay. So, as a teenager, he started expressing some odd behaviors. He started to peep on his neighbors. He was a peeping Tom in the neighborhood. (laughs) And he became obsessed with women's panties. Yeah. Which, as a teenage boy, I don't know how one becomes obsessed with teenage panties. I feel like you just like them. Like, as a teenage boy, you're like, hell yeah, panties. Like, what is the, where do you draw the line at obsession? <laughs> when you're, like, stealing them from people and, like, smelling them and shit? Probably. Like, rubbing them on your face? that he was stealing them. Right- <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Does it, he, like, used panties or, like, clean panties? I mean, I don't know if he had a choice. He probably had a preference. It was an obsession. It's true. <laughs> but, I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, according to a psychiatrist after he was arrested, uh-huh. he had admitted that he started experimenting with bondage and sadomasochism at 12 years old jesus christ how Mm, i'll tell you okay (laughs) he would tie himself to a tree and that and the thought of hurting himself would get him sexually aroused just tying himself to a tree yeah i imagine that's the bondage part (laughs) yeah and then the sadomasochism part comes in with like wanting to hurt himself so he was like in public just tied to a tree with a boner yeah like eyes shut thinking about hurting himself (laughs) (laughs) maybe it was like his backyard tree it's so fucking weird Um, maybe it was in the middle of the woods like excuse me gerard what's his name gerard yeah you're right oh gerard excuse me gerard what are you doing in the backyards honey (laughs) Honey? are you tied to the tree is that a boner how do you how do you tie yourself to a tree to a point where like it feels like you can't get out it's probably fake like he's just holding on to the ropes like (laughs) oh if i was like wraps his wrists around it a bunch you know yeah yeah that's weird yeah well he would also fantasize about hurting women (laughs) uh sounds like an awesome person yeah and he started killing animals and cross-dressing. This is how it always starts. Uh, not the cross-dressing part. People can cross-dress without killing animals. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, judgy. <laughs> but it's always the fucking animals, man. Yeah, it is. Um, that's one of the top three, like, fucking Triggers. signs of a serial killer yeah. or whatever. It's killing animals and wetting the bed, and I don't remember the other one. Fucking <laughs> wetting the bed? It is. Shit. Yeah. Like, at an early, or at a later age. Oh. Like, as a teenager, if they're wetting the bed or something, it's like, you're a fucking murderer. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. It just is. It's like, you're fucking so crazy, you won't get up to take a piss. <laughs> You'd kill someone. Although, I've had close calls at night when you're, like, dreaming about drinking uh-huh. water and peeing, and then you wake uh-huh. up like, did I just fucking pee? <laughs> Didn't. Close. Didn't. But I have to now. So, he later said that cross-dressing was to get out of the draft for the Vietnam War. 
which he did end up dodging the draft, but we're not actually sure if that's how he dodged it. Yeah, because it's not like they walk up and they're like, you look like a dude, come with me. It's like on your birth certificate, it says male. Yeah, and then they send you the letter, but then if you go in there dressed like a lady... And you're like, man, you got this all wrong, sir. This was in, uh, what, the 60s or 70s, fucking Vietnam. I don't know when that happened because I'm horrible at history. Uh Uh-huh. But Don't Ask, Don't Tell wasn't. Oh, oh, like you mean he went in there cross-dressing, obvious that he was a man. Yeah. And they were like, you're not coming in here. Yeah, they're like, you're gay. You gotta go. I thought thought it was like he was dressed up so well it fooled them. Like, I'm not a man. Whoa, I thought that was a man. (laughs) No. Yeah. That scenario is what I was thinking. And I'm like, that's the worst way to try to get out of the draft. (laughs) But no, no, no. His is effective. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. But that might not actually be what happened yeah why he cross-dressed but he did get out of the draft yeah so who knows right yeah there was also some violent self-loathing and he would play games where he would die so oh okay. <laughs> it didn't explain the game <laughs> which is integral to your story <laughs> it really is i imagine that like you're playing cops and robbers with your sister or something and uh-huh. you're like now i'm the robber and you're the cop and you have to fucking kill me for doing this thing like oh the game's that you would play, but yeah, I'd be like, uh, we're in a house, and I'm cooking pancakes, and the house is on fire, and now uh, I'm dead. Oh yeah, it could be that too. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a terrible way but to he, go. But he would die. You were just about to have pancakes, right? <laughs> oh my god, get all up in them flappies. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> flapjacks. Yeah, I know. I just don't like it. You don't like flappies? <laughs> no, it reminds me of fucking labia. Ew. <laughs> Okay. I had, a, I had a waffle this morning. It was good. While you're fucking whispering vulva into the mic. <laughs> I had French toast. It was good. Hmm. Well. Now that we've talked about our breakfast, <laughs> let's talk about this murderer. Yeah, but he would play these games where he would die. Like, that was fun for him. And he felt that he couldn't please his dad, so he wanted to die. And so I guess that was just, like, him imagining shit. I don't know. Like, you know how you pretended to be a unicorn? Maybe he just pretended to be dead. <laughs> that was just you that pretended to be a unicorn, for the record. Oh, well, I was really good at it. <laughs> so so anyway. Yeah. Also, he would hear voices that told him to kill. Naturally. Mm-hmm. So then he graduated high school in 1964. And in 1967, his parents divorced. And then he went off to college. He tried to join a priesthood, but they rejected him because he didn't have enough faith. <laughs> well, yeah. And probably somebody was like, yo, I heard this dude likes to tie himself to trees and get boners. Right? <laughs> or he probably just never showed up to church. And then they were like, why haven't we ever seen you? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Because I like to tie myself up to trees and get boners. <laughs> so he got pissed and quit the church altogether. Okay. So then he tried to become a teacher and during his student teaching things like you have to go through whatever being a fucking student teacher before you can be a regular teacher yeah like practice runs yeah he was let go or signed off or whatever twice for trying to impose his moral and political views on students oh all of my teachers should have been laid off then (laughs) fucking right i didn't know that was illegal (laughs) i mean moral not so much but political like literally all of them yeah I had an e- econ teacher literally told me there's no point in us going to vote. Oh. Yeah. Like, there's wow. no point. Your vote means nothing. Don't go to vote. I was so mad. And I think I, like, spoke up and was like, well, that's exactly how you get people not to vote and to make your vote not matter. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. The second time that he was dropped from the program, the supervisor, he was like, yo, you better never let me hear about you trying to get a job with authority over other people. Because, yeah. like, you're trying to spread your shit, right? Okay. So then in 1968, he married this lady Ooh. named Martha Fogg. Mm-hmm. And she filed for divorce in 1970, stating extreme cruelty. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Gerard was then like, oh, what's that? I can't be a priest or a teacher. I'm going to go be a cop. Oh, God. You know, something with no authority. This is what happens. They all become cops so that they can get, like, the inside scoop on shit. Right? So... He was rejected by the sheriff's department because he failed the psychological test. Naturally. But then the fucking county police department or whatever was like, we'll take you. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Come on in. Oh, God. And he was hired. And then in March of 1972, he earned a commendation, like a fucking badge of honor or whatever, Uh for his role in a drug bust. Oh. And then a month later, he was fired. Oh. There are differing explanations mm-hmm. on why he got fired and one of them is that the chief said he didn't have an ounce of common sense an ounce of common sense mm-hmm. 
And another one is that there are reports that he was running ladies who had run traffic violations through the computer and getting their personal information <gasps> and then calling Fucking them to ask for dates. No, that's creepy. Fucking right? No, thank you. Yeah, because you know what else that comes with? Your address. Yeah. So, Fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. So then he moved to Stewart, Florida, because he didn't have a job, right? Yeah. And he got a job at the Martin County Sheriff's Department. Apparently, they don't do fucking psychological testing either. Well, it's fucking Florida. Florida man. (laughs) There it is again. (laughs) It's going to make an appearance in, like, every fucking podcast. So, July 21st, 1972, he picked up these two hitchhikers named Pamela Wells, who was 17 years old, and Nancy Trotter, who was 18. They're so young. Yeah. They were on the highway going to the beach. And he was like, yo, hitchhiking is illegal, which it wasn't. Uh-huh. And he drove them home. Oh, what a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, as a, as a cop, he as drove them home. As a cop. Okay. Yeah. My brain was already in, like, fucking... Murder mode. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> but when he drove them home, he offered to meet the girls the next morning when he wasn't working to drive mm. them to the beach, like Got a local it. beach or whatever. I'll give you a ride when I'm not a cop. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, fuck yeah, let's do that. Oh, God. Yeah. So then and then had... it won't be hitchhiking because I'm offering the ride. Exactly. You guys are so <laughs> legal now following the logistics. Laws. So then he met them the next morning, but he didn't take them to the beach. Where did he take them, Aaron? Oh, he took them to a swampy island off the road. The fu- Oh, it's Florida. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm imagining like we have Fiesta Island. It's like swampy island. <laughs> yeah, but it's Just like alligators and swamps. Yeah, exactly. And he pulled a gun on them and told them that he was going to sell them as white slaves to... Jesus. Yeah, to a foreign prostitution syndicate. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so he was like, get out the car. And they were like, Jesus, all right. And (laughs) he bound the girls and left them balanced on tree roots with nooses around their necks so that they couldn't get down. Or if they slipped, they would hang themselves, right? Oh, that's fucking awful. Yeah. And then he left. Yeah. Saying that he was going to come back shortly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So then these girls were like fuck that yeah and they escaped oh thank god yeah they made it to the highway and they flagged down a police car and they were like yo this just fucking happened and they could identify him because he gave them his name and he was a fucking cop yeah hey your fucking co-worker just tied me to a tree yeah and they were like what no way jerry <laughs> jerry <laughs> So then Gerard came back to that spot, obviously, and he noticed that the girls were missing, and he called the sheriff, his boss, and was like, so, uh, this is a quote, I've done something foolish, you're going to be mad at me. Oh my god, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just, like, skip town? Right? Like, whoops. (laughs) Oopsie poopsie, they got Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Is that an exact quote? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oopsie poopsie, they got Lucy. (laughs) And then... He tried to tell his boss that he was just trying to scare the girls out of hitchhiking for their own good. What? No. The boss doesn't buy this, right? Uh, no. Good. He was fired and charged with false imprisonment and two counts of aggravated assault. Okay, good. Then he was released. Oh. (laughs) All right. Well. (laughs) On $15,000 bond. That's it? Mm Mm-hmm. Goddamn. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was just attempted fucking kidnapping or assault. Aggravated assault. Whatever it fucking Not really murder. Yeah, false imprisonment. So then on September 27th, 1972, while he was out on bond, two girls go missing. Susan Place, who was 17, and Mm -hmm. Georgia Jessup, who was 16. Oh, God, they're even younger. Yeah. Susan's mom said that the girls were last seen at their house with an older man named Jerry Shepard. Son of a bitch. And they were leaving to go play guitar at a nearby beach with this guy. So this motherfucker went by Jerry. Yeah. (laughs) And she was kind of like skeeved out by it. So she wrote down Jerry's license plate number. And this is one of their moms? Yeah, Susan's mom. Oh, I'd be like, no, you can't go. I'm skeeved out. Fucking right? Yeah. Yeah. This guy looks creepy as fuck. Also, an older man? Yeah. Like, what do you want with these 16, 17-year-old kids? Yeah, you can't wear her skin. Yeah, stop that. That's her skin. (laughs) She's far too small for you. (laughs) You'll never fit. (laughs) So then he had a trial in November 1972 for the kidnapping and assault charges of Pamela and Nancy, the two girls that he had fucking tied to the tree. Yeah. And he pled guilty to one assault charge, and the other ones were all dropped. He was sentenced to a year in jail and three years probation. That's it? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, but he didn't actually do anything to those two girls. Oh, tied then tie- tree. Yeah, the, yeah. And with a noose. Yeah. It could have ended much worse. And we don't know that he has any connection with Susan and Georgia at this point. Cause yeah. 
the mom was just like, they left with some guy named Jerry. That was his fucking car, though, right? Well, we don't know. She wrote oh. down the license plate number. Oh, okay. But then they didn't fucking run it. Of course. <laughs> so he started his sentence in January 15th of 1973. So, like, mm-hmm. the fucking beginning of the next year, which was only a couple months after the trial, right? Mm-hmm. March 25th, 1973, Gerard's still in jail for the assault. And the license plate number to the Datsun is finally run, and it was matched to him. Okay, so it was his fucking car. Yeah, it fucking was. He denied ever knowing the girls or having any contact with them, but then on April 1st, 1973, their bodies were found. Son of a bitch. On Hutchinson Island (gasps) by three guys out collecting cans. Another island. It's his M.O. It is his M.O. And another story where you have a guy finding a body from collecting cans. (laughs) He literally wrote, bottle collector. (laughs) (laughs) It's a dangerous job. Yeah, apparently. You find bodies when you're out collecting cans. Jesus. So then the victims were ID'd by their dental records as Susan and Georgia. Oh, God. Were they, like, that decomposed? Yeah. this is Florida in a couple of months. Mm Mm-hmm. And Susan had been shot in the jaw. Aye. And the crime scene, which I guess was still pretty much intact because it was like a remote place, which then I don't know why these guys are looking for cans there other than like maybe it's swampy and the current carries cans. It's Florida. They're doing drugs. Probably. Yeah. Oh, we were looking for I was looking for a can to cook my meth in. (laughs) (laughs) That seems rather stereotypical, Stacey. I used to live in Florida. Oh, there you go. (laughs) So did I. We talk, Jamie Ann. Jamie Ann, you cooking meth in a can over there? (laughs) (laughs) You see any meth labs in cans? (laughs) So, okay. So then the crime scene showed that the girls had been tied to a tree and butchered. Ugh. Another MO, tied to a tree. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And this is seven months after they had been missing. Oh, my God. Can you imagine finding, like, decomposed bodies tied to trees? No. Well, you're looking for fucking cans. (laughs) Or meth. (laughs) So then April 7th, the police search Gerard's mom's home where he had some stuff stored. It didn't specify if he lived there or not, but I guess he frequented there at least. Yeah. And they found a shit ton of women's jewelry. Weird. A hundred plus pages of double space typed out writing and sketches all depicting mutilation and murder of young ladies. Oy! Wait, what was the writing of? Mutilation and murder of young ladies. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. And newspaper clippings about these two ladies that had been missing since 1969, which at this point is like four years before. Yeah. One of them was Carmen Halleck, who was 22. She was a waitress who supposedly went missing from her home. Mm-hmm. And her jewelry and gold tooth... Ew! ID'd by Carmen's dentist were found at Gerard's mom's home. No. Yeah. No charges were filed. Why do you keep her tooth? Trophy. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some weird, sick fucking trophy. Fuck but yeah. they never found her body, so there were no charges ever filed. No. Yeah. He had her tooth. Come yeah, on. right? Like, how else do you get a and fucking, fucking tooth? fucking jewelry. And yeah. he had all these clippings. How, yeah. yeah. How else do you get someone's tooth? Yeah. Unless you took it out of their head. Yes. The other newspaper clipping was of Lee Bonadies, who is 25, and she was Gerard's neighbor. Oh, shit. She went missing in September of 1969, and her jewelry is found in the house as well. Naturally. No charges were filed. Naturally. God damn it. Her body was found in 1978. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like a, 10 years later almost. Yeah, and they couldn't determine a cause of death or anything, so no charges were filed. Where was she found, you know? No, mm. but Gerard said that she used to taunt him by undressing with the curtains open. Okay, no. That's called being a peeping Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Also, close your fucking blinds, people. Yeah. But maybe they were closed and he was, like, peeking through them and he just said that. Could be. Yeah. Ugh. So creepy. Yeah. So, other stuff in the house was pieces of ID belonging to Colette Goodenough (laughs) (laughs) and Barbara Wilcox. They were both 19 years old and they went missing after they were hitchhiking in... January 1973, which was a fucking week before he was sent to jail. Oh, shit. So he had already been convicted of, mm-hmm. like, attempt. Those poor girls. Who escaped? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, how close they came to fucking. Jeez, can you a fucking horrible, horrible imagine? Death. Yeah, that'd be awful. Colette and Barbara's skeletons were found in 1977. Wow. But they couldn't determine a cause of death. <sighs> so there were no charges filed. Is this frustrating yet? <laughs> it's so interesting. I wonder if it's like they were strangled or something. If they can't determine a cause of death. Um, I mean, if they were 
like butchered or whatever if they don't have skin and fucking organs anymore that's true like but they wouldn't be shot i mean if they were shot then they weren't shot anywhere there's bones yeah that's true but also it's 1977 i don't know how accurate yeah like intricate their autopsies get yeah so then also in the house was some jewelry belonging to a 14 year old girl named mary briscalina who was missing from broward county with her friend Elise Farmer, who was 13 years old. Oh my god, they're so young. Yeah. And their bodies were found in 1973, a year after they'd been missing, but no cause of death could be determined, so no charges were filed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that this fucking, do you hear this body count racking up right now? Yeah, these young girls are not just like dropping dead naturally. Yeah, exactly. And he has all of their Uh, fucking items. He has their jewelry. Like, obviously he's keeping fucking trophies. Yeah. Creep, right? Super creep. So... Obviously, there's a shit ton of victims. Uh-huh. Most of them don't have any evidence or any cause charge. of death. Yeah. So they can't charge him with anything. On May 18th, 1973, he was charged with two counts of first-degree murder for Susan and Georgia, the two girls that were going to go play guitar with this random old man named Jerry. Yeah. Because of the mom and the license plate. Yeah. He was convicted and sentenced to two concurrent life sentences. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so then he appeals it. Naturally. But nothing ever comes of it. Oh, fuck, good. I was nervous. Yeah, I know. (laughs) They have to appeal it all the time, I'm pretty sure. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's life. You're like, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. You have no other choice. So then in 1990, Gerard's ex-girlfriend from high school was like, yo, I'm going to capitalize on this shit. Her (laughs) name was Sandra London, and she published his writings, all that fucking hundred plus pages or whatever, Uh in a book called Killer Fiction. So then Gerard is like, oh, this is my art, right? It's just fiction. Uh And the police are like, yo, that's legit descriptions of your crime. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, Like, this is a confession. Yeah, exactly. So one of the women in his stories was named Carmen, which was the same name as the waitress he went missing. Yep. And she was described as wearing a black chiffon dress in his writing. Where the hell is my chiffon? (laughs) (laughs) Such a good show. (laughs) In real life, Carmen's sister told the police that Carmen had bought a new black dress for a date with a married teacher. Stop it. Which, at the time of her disappearance, Gerard was married and a fucking student teacher. Was it chiffon? I don't know how she would know that. I don't either. She was probably on the phone with her like, I bought a new dress. Is it chiffon? Also, I feel like if I was dating a married man, I wouldn't tell people about it. No, but that's her sister. Yeah. You'd probably tell your sister if you had a sister. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'd probably tell you about it. Yeah. I'm like your sister. You wouldn't tell your brother, though, because they'll judge you. Yeah, he'd judge the fuck out of me. Yeah. So then in a private letter to his attorney in 1991, he was referencing one of the stories in the book when he said, what crimes am I supposed to confess? Farmer, Briscalina, what do you think this is? You want confessions, but you don't recognize them when I anoint you with them, and you've and we've just gotten started. Oh shit! Anoint? Yeah, it threw me off. <laughs> Farmer and Briscalina were the two little girls. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and so he's like, I'm confessing to all of this. Yeah, this is my confession. They're like, confess to these things, and he's like, what do you think this is? Like the fucking story or whatever. Like, what do yeah. you think this is? Those are my oh confessions. Oh my god! Yeah, but. They don't do anything with it. Mm, they don't not do anything with it. I mean, he's got two life sentences. What else are they going to do? Put him yeah. to death. It's 91. Fucking give those families some justice. Yeah, that At too. least tell her where they fucking put the bodies and shit. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they were found. Oh, okay. So the DA at the time was Robert Stone, and he thought that Gerard was responsible for 34 murders. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then in another private letter, Gerard wrote to, like, his brother or his friend or someone... Mm-hmm. He wrote, I've always harped on Stone's list of 34. In 1973, I sat down and drew up a list of my own. As I recall, my list was just over 80. <gasps> Stop. Yeah. You can't remember 80. I'm not claiming a huge number. What? That's yes, you fucking are. very large. Yeah. I would say it runs between 80 and 110. But over eight years and three continents... One whore drowned in her own vomit while watching me disembowel her girlfriend. No, stop it. I'm not sure that counts as a valid kill. Oh, my God. Did the pregnant ones count as two kills? (gasps) It can get confusing. No. That's what he fucking said to a person. Oh, my God. That guy needs to get stabbed in prison in the eyes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That is a fucking accurate prediction. (laughs) Is it? Yes. (laughs) 
it's my psychic abilities coming well, uh, out again. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but we're not there yet. Okay, I'll hold. <laughs> yeah. I'll hold my predictions till <laughs> hold the end. Hold your predictions till the end, please. <laughs> so then he didn't want to be considered a serial killer because that would severely hinder his chances at appeal. But then they were uh, like... I don't want anybody to know I did all these things that I'm confessing to. Yeah, like he's still trying to appeal this shit. Yeah, so come on. He's like telling people in private letters and stuff that the writing is his confessions and that his number is between 80 and 110, but then trying to tell, like, the fucking judges and stuff, like, no, 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 I'm not a serial killer. Yeah. It's all fucking fake. Yeah. So then, December 3rd, 1995, (laughs) another inmate got into his cell and slashed his throat and stabbed him in both eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, goddamn. Yeah. Good. Why did he do that? There was no motive that was actually given, but apparently he had a reputation in prison as a rat. Oh, well, yeah. He seems like a pretty big skis bag. Yeah. If he's, like, bragging about his murders, but at the same time trying to get out of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's a regular old piece of garbage. Yep, piece of trash. So this part, I didn't really find a good place to fit it in, but I felt that it was also worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Gerard was a suspect in two little girls' disappearance. It was Peggy Ron, who was nine years old. Jeez. And Wendy Stevenson, who was eight. Oh, God. The girls disappeared in December 1969, and a clerk at a convenience store near the beach said that he saw the girls with an older man buying them ice cream, and the man matched the description of Gerard. Of course. Dude, what are these parents doing? Like, I realize that was a totally different time, but they're so young. I know. Like, letting them out and around town or whatever. Like, unsupervised long enough to, like, go get ice cream with a strange man. Fucking right. Like, where'd you find this man? Stop that. Yeah. The girls were never found. And then in a letter from April 1989 to his friend, Gerard wrote, Peggy and Wendy just happened along at a time when I was curious about Fish's craving for the flesh of young girls. Stop it. I assure you these girls were not molested sexually. I found them both very satisfactory, particularly with sautéed onions and peppers. Ew! He's referencing the serial killer Albert Fish from 1930s who fucking ate all the girls. Oh, I thought he meant like feeding the fishes. Oh. Like feeding in in the ocean because he's at the beach. And I was like, why would fish have like a particular taste for just young children? (laughs) Nope, it was a serial killer who had a taste for young children. And he ate them? Supposedly. We don't actually know fucking probably because this guy's a super creep ew yeah and i had never heard of this guy i haven't either yeah god damn and he looks normal it's really weird i was gonna say like a creep i mean yeah after reading all this i was like this guy looks like a fucking murderer but like upon first glance you're like who is that man this is a normal man oh my god but god damn that's right? terrifying yeah well stacy give me your story okay here we go all right my story is about rex warren mays and his Ooh. crimes took place on July 20th, 1992 in Harris County, Texas. Okay. All right. So July 20th, Kristen Wiley, who was 10. I don't like it already. Yeah. I should say disclaimer. This is really sad. It's going to suck. It involves kids. Mm, I don't like it. Which I I like have a hard rule for. But I know. I found so many with kids, like just this last time, and I kept skipping them for you. Thank you. I'm about to torture you. Ah, you bitch. So Kristen and her best friend, Kanara Carrero, they were playing at Kristen's house, and they were listening to music upstairs in Kristen's room. All right. And Kristen's brother, Jeremy, he was 14. He was playing at a friend's house across the street. I think they were playing Nintendo, which isn't important, but fuck man i want to play nintendo yeah i would be across the street (laughs) i would too and Kristen's mom was visiting at a friend's house who lived a few doors down so everybody's in the neighborhood but Kristen and kanara are home alone at Kristen's house okay kanara lived like a block away from Kristen. she lived in the neighborhood as well Mm -hmm. and Kristen had actually stayed the night at kanara's house this day like the night before and they were playing at Canaris most of the day, but then they went over to Kristen's house because I guess she had to do some chores or something. And Kanara was going to go over and help her do chores. Yeah. And probably play some, but Kanara had to be home by like four o'clock, right? Okay. Normal kid stuff. Yeah, normal kid shit. So enter Rex Mays. Hey, Rex. He was 32 at the time, and he was Kristen's next door neighbor. And at 2.45 on July 20th, 1992... He drove home from work after learning that he had been fired from yet another job. I guess he couldn't keep a job. Like, he kept getting fired from a shit ton of jobs. Okay. He was an ex-Marine, and he also had worked as a clown for some time in the past. God damn it. And he would go to children's parties and shit. And his like Gacy? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but his name's fucking Rex Mays. All right. But his clown name was Uh-Oh the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, of course, right? Uh-Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, had an accident. Listen, I, I don't... fucking murdered a person. <laughs> Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> Oopsie poopsie. Uh-oh. What'd you say? Oopsie poopsie. They got Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine having an ex-door neighbor that's, like, an ex-marine and an ex-clown? Yeah, Fuck that's that a shit. fucking murderer, obviously. No, thank you. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> Not saying anything about ex-marines. They're pretty normal. But I feel like if you know how to kill and you're also a clown. Not a good mix. Yeah. For kids' parties. Yeah, I don't want you near me. So as he drove home, he was like all stressed out about how he was going to tell his wife that he had just lost another job. Mm-hmm. I guess they were like a pretty rocky relationship and they fought often. All right. So he gets into his neighborhood and for some reason he decides to park a few houses down from his own house and he gets out of the car and he starts walking towards his home and as he gets to Kristen's home he hears the loud music coming from upstairs. Yeah. Right? Because they're up there rocking out. Yeah. What year is it? 92. So they're listening to some No Doubt or something? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So they're up there listening to music, rocking out, doing chores or whatever the fuck it is they're doing. And he walks by, hears the music, and he gets mad that the music is loud. Okay. So he decides that he's going to let himself into the house to tell the kids that they need to turn the music down. Are they going to let this party pooper in to poop on their party? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) that's exactly what's about to happen. (laughs) But... For the record, like, it wasn't normal behavior for him to just let himself into the house. They were not on those kind of terms. Yeah. Like, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Also, lock your doors, people. Yeah, right? So he walked up and noticed that the door was unlocked, and he lets himself in. Uh Uh-huh. And he... I wonder if he tried to ring the bell first. It doesn't say. It just says that he walked up and felt that, like, turned the knob and the door was unlocked. So he decided to walk in, and he starts calling for Kristen. As he walks through the house, he sees Kristen and Kanara, and they're, like, running from him because they're like, who the fuck is this guy and what's he doing in here? Yeah. And so he starts following them. So he tells them that they need to lower the volume on the music, and Kristen yells, no, we're not going to turn it down. Just get out of the house. And she even says, like, something along the lines, like, if you don't leave, I'm going to call my dad. That's the ultimate threat as a kid. I know, but then it's also like, your dad's not home. Fuck. Yeah. Gave away your one bargaining chip. Yeah. My dad's just in the shower. Yeah. That's what I used to tell people. Oh, God. When come to the door. Please buy my candy bars so I can get off heroin. <laughs> I don't have any money. My dad's in the shower. <laughs> they hiked up this hill to buy some goddamn, to sell you some candy bars? Yeah. And then they'd be like, well, part of the steps is to just have conversations with people. Can we talk? And I'd be like, no, no go away. Yeah. With my flimsy ass screen door between us. Yeah. You're like fucking 10. Get out of here. Yeah. No, Not thank cool. you. So this guy wasn't selling candy bars to get off heroin. He was just pissed <laughs> that the music was loud. <laughs> All right. Different situation. I yeah, get it. Different situation. So, you know, he's obviously having a rough day because <laughs> yeah. he got fired. Yeah. And he's just looking to poop on someone's party. And yeah. And now some girl was telling him no. Some little girl wasn't listening to him and telling him no. Mm-hmm. You're and not my dad. So he got real mad. Okay. And he walks into the kitchen and grabs a steak knife. Jesus and he Christ. begins chasing the girls through the home and stabbing at them. What the fuck? Dude, their whole fucking family is just right down the goddamn street. Why didn't he just run into the room, grab their boombox, and throw it out the window? Because he was looking to murder people. He wasn't caring about the fucking music. This guy's crazy. But I mean, like, rage can be channeled. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Channel this could to be a totally different story. <laughs> exactly. Like, and this crazy guy came in and destroyed our boombox. And that's just a crazy story between you and Jamie Ann later. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, yeah. we got murdered. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's not how this panned out. Snap the CD or take all the CDs and rub them together. Oh, it was 92. They didn't have CDs. Didn't they? they? (laughs) Well, they probably had cassettes. Fucking rip the ribbon out. Yeah. Okay, so he eventually gets the girls into Kristen's brother's room and he straddles them on the bed. Them? Both of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the logistics. I feel like if you were about to be straddled, I'd move away from you. Yeah, but one was like seven and the other was ten. Ugh, they were little. This is awful. I don't like it. It's not going to get better. Why is this 32-year-old man? I know. I don't like it. I know. So he continues stabbing them. Jesus Christ. Eventually to death. And both of the girls were stabbed in the eyes. (gasps) He said that he like stabbed specifically Kristen in the eyes as she was watching him. Which I don't know where else you'd be looking if somebody was stabbing you. But that's just fucking creepy. Like (sighs) I wonder if that was the reason he stabbed her in the eyes. Like don't look at me. Probably. What an asshole. Yeah. Both of their throats were slashed. Oh God. And this is bad. The children had vaginal trauma. No. But there was no semen found. So I'm guessing that he stabbed Uh, them. Oh, God. Yeah. Obviously, when he slashed their throat, it 
cut into their carotid arteries, causing them to drown in their own blood. Oh my god. That's awful. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. So, Rex then decides to exit the house through a window that led to the backyard, and he hopped the fence that separated his yard from Kristen's. But as he was hopping the fence, he start, he remembered that he had left his car parked just down the street, like yeah. a few houses back. And he's fucking covered in blood. Yep. And so he re-enters the house through the window and walks out the front door and gets into his car. Okay. So he walks down the goddamn neighborhood like this. Mm-hmm. He throws the knife and his bloody shirt into a duffel bag that he kept in the car and he drives home. The fucking two houses down. Yep, okay. two houses down. So when he gets home, he tells his wife that he lost his job. I don't know if he had another shirt in the car I was or gonna what say, the he fuck just is comes going in, on. Fucking probably splattered with blood in different places, like your arms. And well, your I hand. guess I guess his legs had blood on them, but his wife didn't notice. Ugh. And so, like, he tells her about the job, and then he goes to take a shower to like fucking wash the blood off his legs. And I have no fucking clue how she didn't notice. She was probably pissed he lost his job. That she wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. to all the blood on his legs. So a few minutes later, Jeremy, Kristen's brother, he gets bored at his friend's house and he's like, I'm going to go home. Done playing duck hunt. Yeah. Let's get out of here, guys. Let's blow this popsicle stand. Yeah. Okay. So he opens the door to his house and he calls for his sister. And when she doesn't answer, he eventually like walks into his room and finds the girls lying on his bed stabbed to death and they both didn't have any pants on oh no so he obviously freaks out and calls 911 and his mom and emergency personnel arrive how old is he he's like 15 he's 14 Ugh. yeah that's really fucked up man and then like can you imagine as a mom being just a few houses down and getting that phone call no thank you i don't no. want to think about it so emergency personnel arrive along with the cops and they start processing the scene and meanwhile rex next door he gets out a fucking lawn chair and he sits in his driveway drinking a soda, watching all the commotion take place. What the fuck? He even invites investigators into his house and offers them refreshments. And he makes up a story about how he saw a black man and a Hispanic man in Kristen's driveway and how he saw them hopping the fence between the houses. Uh huh. And when the police go to look, they actually end up finding a bloody handprint on the fence. So yeah. it kind of like corroborates his story. And so obviously the police get like full descriptions from him and they create a sketch and they focus their efforts on trying to find these non-existent men. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Rex, even on this day, as they're like processing the crime scene, he invites Kristen's mom into his home so she can use his phone while her house is like taped off. What the fuck? That's fucked up that's, that's beyond some, like, creepy deep shit right so the next day rex is like gotta get rid of my murdering bag and so he washes his bloody clothes like his bloody shirt and he throws the knife into a ravine that was behind their homes mm-hmm. and he puts the duffel bag in the garbage okay eventually rex is brought in to do a polygraph test to recount like what he saw that day mm-hmm. and he ends up failing the polygraph weird obviously and yeah. so he admits to making the story up and he obviously quickly becomes like a prime suspect yeah like, why the fuck did you make this up the problem was was that there wasn't any kind of evidence or anything that they could arrest him on so the only real evidence that the police had at the crime scene was the bloody palm print and by the time that they had suspected rex the blood had been like removed for analysis and they no longer had a print oh my god like, they didn't get a fucking print from that i was gonna say first? like wouldn't you take a fucking picture or something i mean it's early yeah. 90s so i don't know but they didn't have a print anymore so they couldn't like match, match it to it. his yeah did he have fucking defensive wounds or whatever like other wounds there's n- when uh, you stab people you usually stab yourself too right yeah get yeah and like the hustle and bustle mm-hmm. well i don't know the timeline on when he actually got called in and became a suspect oh my god i think it was like a couple weeks later or something so they could have healed or no one could have noticed jesus i don't know i know so the main detective of the case he was like really suspicious of rex he was like this is my guy so he decides to befriend him oh and he would take him out drinking and they would go to topless bars together and the investigator would even (laughs) (laughs) and the investigator would even let rex go with him on like official business to like help build trust and rapport yeah and this whole time he's like trying to get him to confess to the crimes like not outwardly but like be friendly so that he'll admit to this yeah and it fucking worked (gasps) so (laughs) the detective asks rex one day to come into his office it was february 10th 1994 so this is 19 months after the murders happened 
Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. So he wants to talk about the case to Rex. First of all, that's some dedication on that cop. Seriously, right? I guess Rex was, like, a known liar and shit, too. Like, this is almost the identical story of my last case. But, like... Good old known liar. (laughs) Yeah. Good old known liar. I don't know if they were friends, but a neighbor who lived across the street would, like, help garden for him and shit. And he was like, oh, I never believed a goddamn word that came out of that man's mouth. Like, even when he said that he saw those suspects, I didn't believe him. Like, he's shady. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so Rex and the detective talk in his office for, like, four hours about the case. Uh Uh-huh. And Rex recounted in detail how he murdered these girls Revealing things that only the killer would know. Oh, my God. And offering the only motive as he was having a fucking bad day. That's his only motive. What the fuck? He's having a bad day. We all have bad days. Yes, we do. But we don't stab little girls. No. Anyway, so in September of 1995, he was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to death. Hooray. Rex appealed a bunch of times, but it didn't fucking work. Yeah, good. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So on Thursday, September 19th, 2002, in Harris County, Texas, Rex Mays was executed by lethal injection, and he was pronounced dead at 6.19 p.m. Good. Yeah. Wow. 2002, they were still killing people? Yeah. I mean, fucking Texas is still doing it to this day. Oh, really? (laughs) Fuck. I'm pretty sure. All right. Yeah. They just, it takes a long time to execute someone. Yeah. Not that long for this guy. No, I mean, not really. 92 to 2002. Yeah. Well, 94 to 2002. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, he fucking murdered little girls, though. Probably got him a fast track. Yeah. And also... You wouldn't survive in prison. I know, right? I didn't take notes on this, but I read a bunch. Kanara's dad was like a huge advocate for his daughter who had been murdered. Yeah. And was like in the public eye all the time, putting a lot of pressure on this guy. You know, like, this guy murdered my child. We can't let him go free. Like, he can't... He needs to be held accountable for this shit. So maybe that, like, fast-tracked it. Oh, wow. He also, like, changed his whole fucking life. Obviously, yeah, a murdered child would. will do that to you. But, like, he, like, him and his wife divorced. And he became, like, a huge advocate for, um, like, with families who had kids who got murdered or hurt or anything. Yeah. Like, support groups. Yeah, basically. He would, like, take calls anytime in the night and talk to them. He Aww. would, like, hold groups he probably still does yeah he was like really involved in the community and everything that's so sad and he like dedicated his whole life to it and he became a totally different person like that's all he does now oh that's so sad anyway yeah super sad i can't imagine but fun fact about rex's final meal because he was on death row and so mm-hmm. we like to know these things he had six scrambled eggs with shredded cheese oh. cream gravy hash Ew. browns pan sausage orange juice and milk this motherfucker had a country breakfast for yeah his he last did meal. I think I would do breakfast for dinner, too. Would you? Yeah. For my last meal. I love breakfast. You would do fucking pancakes. You love some pancakes. I'll do pancakes, waffles, Waffles. eggs, over medium, toast, (laughs) fucking all that shit. Bacon, crispy. Bacon. Bacon. (laughs) Give me some bacon. Some sausage links, not patties. Yeah, it was weird that he went patties, but I kind of grew up on patties, so. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a southern thing. I don't know. Could be. Huh. Maybe patties are cheaper than links. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> Could be. I feel like prison would always give you patties. <laughs> yeah. No matter what, it's always going to be a patty. Yeah. They don't need the links in there. No. No. Uh, okay. So his final words were, Warden, just give me parole and let me go home to be with the Lord. Huh. He actually wrote a poem and shit, but it was really long and I didn't want to do that long of a dramatic reading. And yeah. it was super like... Not good? No. It was like, I'm such a good person and you guys have it all twisted. And so I was like, fuck you. I'm not reading your shit. Oh, you're such a good person. You just couldn't hold down a job. Through exactly. no fault of your own, I'm sure. Yeah. And then... Fucked-ard. Got so enraged at music, at kids having fun listening yep. to music. And yep. instead of taking that rage out on literally anything else... <laughs> yeah. You decided to stab these women. You decided to these break girls. into a home, do a little B and then some E. Uh-huh. And then some S. And then some S. S and M. Stabbing and murdering. <laughs> yeah. What an asshole. Yeah, he's a dick. Goddamn. All right. So I did the story because it was a listener's suggestion. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. It was suggested by Samantha Buckner from Facebook. Oh, what up, Samantha? What's up, baby? And so uh, she actually said that her dad was really good friends with the father of the daughter that this had happened to i don't know if it was the father of the daughter that this had happened to who is that canara 
Either Kanara or Kristen. Oh, I, just I don't one know, of them. Yeah, I don't know which one, but I should have asked. God, that's fucking awful. Yeah, so she, like, her dad was really good friends with the other dad. Oh. And I guess, it, like, they met after the murder and everything, but oh isn't that fucking God. crazy? I'd never heard of this one. So anyway, Samantha, no, thanks for the suggestion. Yeah, thanks. And we have more, we have more listener suggestions that we have to do. Yes. Like Jackie Lee, I got yours and I looked up one and it made me really sad. And so I didn't want to do it that week. And now I have to go back and re-research it. (laughs) (laughs) And get sad all over again. Yeah. Make me sad. I just have to be in the right frame of mind. Sometimes when you're researching this shit, you could really fuck yourself up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I kept doing that where I would read and be like, oh, this is a pretty good one. And then I'd be like, here's a child. And I was like, God Uh, damn it. Yeah. Stacy will be mad at me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, so thanks, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, way to fucking bring us all down. <laughs> thanks for the suggestions. If anybody else has suggestions, you let us know, and we will look into them. If there's enough information, we'll fucking cover them. Heck yeah, we will. That's the key. Enough information. Yeah. While we're here, we might as well give fucking shout outs to our peeps. Oh, while we're here? While we're here. While we're still in this room. While we're talking about <laughs> while we're talking about Samantha. While we're talking about <laughs> listeners who listen to us. <laughs> Let's talk about some other listeners who listen to us. Shout out to Pennywise on Acid Makeup. <laughs> oh, shit. And Sarah Langa and obviously Jackie Lee, who has the flu or she had the flu, poor oh, thing. Feel better. And then obviously Queen Mary. Girl, oh, and one more. Us. One more from Twitter. It's a guy. <laughs> Whoa. A guy likes us. That's not our demographic. Although we have thick jizzy on our side, too. That's true. Yeah. That's not our demographic. <laughs> that's not our That's not our general audience. It's probably the bigger demographic than chicks because chicks usually hate us. Well, that's in person. Yeah. Chicks hate us in person. That's true. But once they get to know us, they like us. Cause... That's true because we're not assholes. We just look yeah. like bitches. Yeah. And Erin has fucking resting bitch face. I so. can't help it because I can't see far. I know. So if I don't wear my glasses, I just squint at people. And apparently it looks like, ew, who the fuck is that? That's right. God damn. I'm always having to like make up for it by being extra friendly. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're the nicer one of us. But I'm not, though. Anyway. <laughs> oh, the other person is Mac Brad. Mac Brad. Mac Brad. From Twitter. What up? He says his significant other was like, dang, these girls cuss a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking true. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've considered working on it. I haven't at all. Not like for the podcast, just for life. Yeah, well, when you have a kid, you like watch it. But when I'm around my friends and shit and the kid isn't around, I fucking cuss. It's part of me. It's my body. It's I, in my skin. It, it is. I, it's just, it puts flavor in your words, you know? Yeah, it, it's like I'm involved in this conversation. Yeah, like how good is that soup? It's good. Oh, it's fucking tits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think tits are a cuss, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like frowned upon in public if you describe something as tits. Yeah, yeah. When, Which when, everybody loves tits. I don't know one a single person who doesn't like tits. That's right. That's yeah. right. Wait, okay, so we have more shout-outs. Those were our Twitter shout-outs. Oh, shoot. <gasps> Girl, we People blowing see up. us this week. They seeing us. They seeing us seeing them. And you know what? We see we see you seeing us. That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so our Facebook shout-outs to, obviously, Samantha. Thanks for the awesome suggestion for the story. Honor Brooks and, oh, Kanika Coleman, is she the one who sent us that card, the Christmas card? Oh my gosh, she's so sweet. Oh my god, I loved it. It made me so happy, and I still have it, and I think about it and read it all the time. Oh my god, it was like the most heartfelt, sweetest card. Yeah. Ugh. Well, hey girl. Yeah. Hey girl, hey, we love you. And then uh, we got another awesome iTunes review from Fraudulent Kitten. <laughs> yep, they wrote kitten's us. fraudulent. <laughs> that kit- That's not a kitten. That's a gerbil. Do you think it's like a fake pussy? You know, like a like yeah, a like flashlight. A <laughs> probably, maybe. Oh my goodness! They just didn't want to be fake pussy or flashlight. Those are probably taken. I said flash, flash, yeah, just the other one. A pocket pussy. Um. So thanks everybody for shouting us out. You guys are so awesome. We love you. Keep the shout outs coming. Yeah, we appreciate them. And Saralanga, don't think we don't see you seeing us. Uh huh. Blowing up our Twitter. We love it. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Every time I see that it's like an actual message from a person or a tweet from a person, I'm like, oh, people yeah. like us? <laughs> I know. I love it. They're listening. Yeah. That's awesome. We appreciate you yeah. so much. If you haven't twatted at us yet, then you should at ISGD Podcast. Or you can Facebook us at ISGD Podcast. Uh-huh. You, you can check out our website at ISGDpodcast.com. Or you can email us at ISGDpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or oh. my favorite, which y'all haven't been doing. Yeah. I don't know why I said y'all. 
Y'all motherfuckers. Channeling all of our Southern listeners. Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus, Jesus. and to snail mail us. <gasps> oh, yeah. P.O. Box. Give yeah. it to them. I will right now. P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. That's right. That's it. We want that snail mail. That's oh, no, no, no. And merch. You can buy merch. <gasps> That's right. We've got some super sweet t-shirts and hoodies uh-huh. and ladies tank tops. Yep. And that is at isgdpodcast.threadless.com. Yes. You can find it on our website, too, if you go to merch. Yep. In the menu. Know that if you buy our shit, you are helping to support and keep this bitch alive. Yeah. Help us upgrade some stuff. And yeah. like we keep saying, we still have to figure out our fucking Patreon shit. Yeah. We're going to get there. Buy some shit so Stacy can get a new chair. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> Last week, we went to lunch the next day, so Saturday. Yeah. We went to lunch, and my back was bruised. Oh. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Bitching about it. Yeah. And I have all these fucking... And she's pregnant. Things. She needs a good chair. Yeah, help the pregnant lady out. <laughs> buy a t-shirt so I can buy a chair. We don't get... <laughs> we barely get any money from those t-shirts, but just buy a t-shirt. <laughs> buy a t-shirt, and if enough of you buy a t-shirt, we can put together our own money, too, and then buy a chair. <laughs> all right. Okay, people. Until next week. When we tell you some more fucked up shit. Miss you. Bye. Bye. Later, Gator. After a while, Crocodile. <laughs> and if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Who's Your Homicide? In five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This is Danielle. And this is Daniel. And I'm Carla. And we are Who's Your Homicide? A true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. Whoa, 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 I don't know what a Hoosier is. Do you? Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Great. We don't need to look anything up. <laughs> Go to Wikipedia and type in Alabama Hot Pocket. No, don't do that. <laughs> and that'll tell you what a Hoosier is. Just come listen to us. You'll find out. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Hoosier Homicide. You can also download any episode you prefer off of Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. We tell true crime stories with some random connection to our home state of Indiana. So come listen. That's what she said. For the love of God. (laughs) And for honest to goodness, stay stay out of the the corn. corn. Pretty good.